Welcome to Season 5 of the Leadership Educator Podcast, your source for knowledge and expertise in facilitating leadership education, training, and development. Interested in keeping up with the latest conversations across the leadership discipline? Want to add more to your resource toolbox with practical strategies for teaching, learning, and program design without changing your routine? This is the podcast for you. If you haven't done so already, please hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Hello and welcome to the Leadership Educator Podcast. I'm Dan Jenkins, Chair and Associate Professor of Leadership and Organizational Studies at the University of Southern Maine. And I'm Lauren Bullock, Assistant Professor of Instruction at Temple University. And we are both thrilled for the start of Season 5. It's true. (laughs) So here's a quick recap for those of you who are new to the podcast. Uh, Dan and I started working on this almost two years ago, right before the COVID-19 pandemic started. Um, We were fortunate because our logistics, but also our mission fit, you know, kind of what was happening in the world. People were disconnected um, from the regular events and interactions they'd become accustomed to. And we had started this podcast to continue the conversations that people were having at conferences and summits. And, And fortunately for us, It was while we were going through COVID-19 and and going through the pandemic, one of the things we could do was, you know, keep having those conversations and keep people connected. Um, And so we've built this nice, awesome audience and we're now knocking on the door of season five. Um, And it's it's great that we have this opportunity in spite of what's happening around our uh, around us in the world. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the things that was, I guess, fortuitous for, for us was that we initiated the idea for the podcast, you know, about just over two years ago. Um, and we knew that we were not going to be able to do any of these recordings in the same mm-hmm. geographic location. And so when when things moved <laughs> the way that they did, that didn't really impact how we were producing the podcast. Although um, since we've started the podcast, I don't think we've been in the same uh, physical space. No. Which is, is kind of funny. No. <laughs> and that's surprising because how we became friends was we would regularly run into each other, chat a little leadership, chat a little Florida State, and then, you know, be on our merry ways. And we haven't seen each other since. What are we going to do? We have to celebrate when we are in the same conference space. I know. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, maybe maybe at the Association of Leadership Educators Conference next next summer, uh, which mm-hmm. I think is in Kansas City, uh, or the next year for sure. That's right down the street from you. ILA's global conference will be in in DC again if everything oh, goes. Yeah. If everything clears up and, and things open up, uh, which we're certainly certainly hopeful. Um, so yeah. So over the over the summer, you know, we were able to to chat with some folks that we would normally have seen at the at the ALE conference um, or at the ILA conference that's that's coming up just shortly here um, in October. Uh, we had just amazing conversations with with guests all across all across the United States um, in in those episodes. And if you get a chance, you know, go back and and check those out. Uh, those special summer episodes that we really uh, just was nice to, to check in with some folks that we, we either missed uh, or that we hadn't had a chance to have on the on the podcast before. Uh, so this season, you know, we were looking to take some of those conversations a little bit further. Specifically, we wanted to talk to leadership educators and various organizations across the globe. Uh, we're expanding this conversation zone, if you will. We're going to talk to leadership educators in Australia, uh, from France, working in Japan and Pakistan, Ireland, and, and several other countries. Because for Laura and I, it's really important that while we you know, do tend to have a very, um, I guess, looking at some of the statistics of who our listeners are um, and some of the guests that we've had over the years, it, you know, we're, we're 
we got a lot of folks from North America, that's for sure. But looking at some of the statistics too that are that are Podbean uh, statistics, which is the hosting service we use for the for the podcast, uh, we do have listeners that span the globe, um, and so it's important for us to share as many voices as possible to ensure that we're equipping listeners with you know, the, the who, what, why, when, where of leadership education and, and to expand our horizons, you know, get us to think a little bit differently about how we practice leadership education, perhaps uh, pick up some some nice tips, tools, tricks, and uh, and ideas from, from some of these folks that we haven't had a chance to interact with on the, on the podcast yet. Agreed. There are so many interesting stories and projects that we hope to bring this season. And there's some, I mean, sometimes we reach out to people and want to hear their story and they end up sharing like a couple of other folks that they're working with in their space. And so those are the things that we're trying to do um, for this semester and for a semester season. Uh, and it's really exciting uh, for a few reasons. I think the first is so we encourage our students to participate in international experience. I'm always talking to my students about the college's global opportunities as well as the university's global opportunities. And our hope is this season could fuel ideas for programs and courses for leadership educators who may or may not already be in that space. I think another reason is that it's gonna be a learning experience for both Dan and I, um, which offers us an opportunity to demonstrate kind of how we practice leadership, the leadership learning that we teach our students. Um, you know, I'm always a big fan of modeling, um, Kuzin Posner's Model the Way. And so it's a nice opportunity, you know, especially like I teach three leadership classes a semester and I just, we like those opportunities where we can say we're learning as well as trying to teach leadership to others. And I think that the last piece is, you know, it's really important for us to consider the contextual influences that affect how leadership is both understood and taught outside the United States. We know that we're growing increasingly global, meaning you're regularly going to work with partners outside of the United States. And so I think it's, it's important to have people who are in those spaces um, and bring those those voices to the forefront so that they can talk about those experiences and help us all, you know, get better at what we do. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the great things that we, and I guess probably some of the opportunities we have both as co-hosts of, of this podcast and, and staying engaged with these different professional associations and, and two, just coming off of the Leadership Education Academy, which was held virtually last month, uh, August. And uh, gosh, we, we were still able to engage folks. I think we had individuals from about 12 different countries, I think five, five of the continents, maybe even six. I have to go back and look. I think we might've hit all six uh, continents outside of Antarctica. I want to meet that person that's like, we've engaged some folks from Antarctica too. It's always like, Poor Antarctica always gets left out because nobody nobody lives there year round. Well, some folks live there year round, but it's a very, very sparse amount of folks. So, in any case, thinking about this this global impact, I think we've all come across the James McGregor Burns quote that leadership is one of the most widely studied but least understood phenomena on Earth, and that hundreds of definitions of leadership exist. So this this too shifts across borders of of context and language, and some of the norms related to situational factors of our of uh, the learning environment, student-professor interactions, pedagogy, basically just how leadership is taught um, abroad. Uh, and, and by abroad, I mean, you know, outside outside the U.S. And we came to a really interesting conversation about this when we were preparing for the Leadership Education Academy in Denver in 2019. Um, and some of the, the co-facilitators were preparing for a particular session on uh, situational factors, which, which comes from uh, Deep Fink's book, um, Creating Significant Learning Experiences. And... Um, 
situational factors can be anything from the learner's situation, the faculty member's situation, the context of the learning environment, when is the course offer, what type of program is the is a course or learning experience being offered as part of or what is the developmental readiness of the learners. I mean, anything you could think of that could, could affect the learning um, situation. And one of the things is certainly is cultural factors. And one of the, the activities that we facilitate at LA has us think about some of the best learning experiences that we've ever had and or experienced and having a conversation about that and trying to center in on like, you know, how can we how can we maximize uh, and play off of some of those experiences in our in our own teaching. And one of the things that's been interesting that we found from some of the research on leadership education is that it is inherently, at least in the US, some of the best leadership teaching and some of the teaching that we see happen most often tends to be active and experiential types of education. Things like discussion, shared shared interactive types of lecture and discussion, you know, back and forth between faculty and the students, case studies, re reflection-based activities, things like that. And, you know, we, we were in this conversation about, well, we can tell individuals from other parts of the world that, hey, you should be doing this too, right? And one of the other facilitators uh, retorted with, with, with that conversation and said, yes, but what if you're coming from a culture where speaking up during a class is considered disrespectful? And I just kind of, I was just like, just stop me in my tracks. You know, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about, wow, you know, you're right. There's definitely some cultural context that you need to be aware of that while things may seem like they're, they're more engaging, uh, which, which, and certainly in certain environments, they, they very well may be, um, but it's important to, to keep in mind that, that some of these practices and strategies may not cross cultural boundaries. And there, I, there's definitely a conversation with a guest that we're um, hoping to have on later here in the uh, in the season, uh, Miki Higano from from Tokyo, who I was invited to join them for a leadership educators conference back in in 2013, and they were sharing a story with me where they were at, he was at Rikyo University in Tokyo at the time, and they were having some real challenges with with students engaging in conversations during uh, group work and and some classwork uh, because of some of the cultural norms in the business school there. And uh, Mickey and his team uh, basically put together some different strategies for for trying to break that break that norm and that and that culture. Um, and they, what they would literally do because they would put students in groups of you know four or five, and they still wouldn't really speak up with each other and start sharing ideas. But they they had them write down ideas contributions that they wanted to make to certain group projects and things on like three by five note cards and pass them to the person to the right and say, well, what do you see here that that might, you know, that might be helpful or interesting or that you observe, you know, that might push this project or idea forward. Um, and that was able to be the catalyst to get folks talking and actually feel comfortable having a conversation with one another because it was just such a just a strict culture that they found themselves in in the business school there and, and students were so used to kind of the lecture style but but Mickey was really trying to push the envelope there of saying no you know there's we, if we're going to be teaching leadership we need to make sure folks are talking with each other and collaborating with each other and that opened up um, a lot of other different strategies that they introduced into their into their leadership program there uh, and that's just that's just one story and I can't wait to hear some of the stories that we have from some of our uh, some of our other guests this this season and I'll certainly recap that with Mickey when he joins us. I can't wait to have that conversation with Mickey only because so I teach uh, I teach a leading groups class and we have a whole session dedicated to decision making and problem solving. It's it's two and a half ish weeks. 
And one of the things that we do is we do that activity where um, there's, I, and I, I, my students are going to kick my butt because I try to drill the name of that into their learning. But I, of course, I can't remember it on the spot right now, but it's a specific style. There's like a name for that. And, and they're like, who would do that? And I'm just like, somebody does it. It, it works. And here, and the textbook tells you that these are the situations in, in which it works. So I love hearing stories like that, because then those are things that I can take into my own teaching. So when I bring that topic up, I can say, nope, and talk about Mickey and his work and just say, hey, you know, this, this, this actually happens and hear some more about that. And I think those are the, the stories and those experiences are what students take away um, from our class. Um, I also think, I, like I learned from my students, I had a conversation with my class yesterday about culture. So the way I introduce the conversation of organizational culture is I send my students out for 20 minutes and I have them sit in a popular place on campus and observe. And I talk to them about um, like saying like, who, what are people saying? What are people doing? Um, how does that space look unique? Because, you know, college campuses, you know, everybody's got the student center with the glass. Everybody's got the big business center building, you know, like how does that, what is that space say specifically about temple. And so we're coming back and we're talking and because I've been in the community for 20 years, I can share what some of those spaces look like before and their minds are blown. So even though before they go out, I'm like, how well do you know Temple? They're like, yep, I'm a junior. I know Temple well. They come back and you can literally see the mind blown emoji coming up because there's so much that um, we talk about of a culture that they readily identify as being immersed in. And it's, it's, it, it sends that message, like, you know, culture is always changing um, and you really have to be aware and paying attention to it. So I, I feel like this is going to be a good season to have those conversations. So funny you share that because, um, I, well, well, because of where I have the campus that I teach my introduction to leadership class on uh, right now, we, we're University of Southern Maine has, has three campuses. Two are, are, are primarily in the greater, greater Portland area. And so it's, it's hard to, to do this activity there. But when I was teaching at University of, of South Florida, the, all, the Tampa campus there, all the different uh, colleges were, were based on that on that major Tampa campus. And I would do the same thing. It was basically like a you know field trip assignment. And what I would do is put them in a small groups and they would have to go visit. I think this is probably the same activity. And they'd go visit different different schools or colleges um, and observe for you know half hour and come bring back what, what they had. And it was it was so funny because we literally sent them to like College of Engineering, the, the, mm -hmm. the business school, the humanities department, the music, the music and performing arts, you know, and they were so distinct at that at that time this must have been like 08 or, or 09 or something like that you know i mean you literally had the folks sitting out you know this is this is stereotyping a bit uh, but you literally had the folks outside the humanities building you know with without any shoes on you know uh Mm -hmm. just out there reading reading poetry and then you go to the the music quad and there's literally like an ensemble sitting in the middle outside practicing some some 16th century you know uh <laughs> quintet and you know the business school they're like oh my gosh everybody was in shirts and ties and then in engineering everybody was you know it's just it was so funny to to see these different things really play out and they're like I, we didn't even know these some of these places existed on our campus Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's definitely the, the same activity. I I'm going to use the schools or colleges next time because they ended up choosing spaces outside of different college buildings. Mm -hmm. And we were able to have some really good, like for example, our art school was out in North Philly and they didn't want to move to main campus. And my students weren't around for that. They were in like 
first or second grade when that move happened. And so we had this whole, and I brought up articles about how angry the faculty, students and staff were that they had to move to Maine, but present day, it's a beautiful building that fits in the landscape and you wouldn't have even known that that was a conversation. On the flip side, one of the other things that I've shared regularly that I'm, you know, in doctoral studies space, I've turned in chapter one. So I'm in that lit review space, which feels good. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Right. Um, And so I, you know, it's interesting, like, so I knew global leadership was a thing, um, but then I had assignments in my program where I had to dig really deep into the the details of what that meant and even international versus global leadership. And so I was able to, you know, look at international journals. Uh, we have one assignment where we have to go into international journals and find articles on your topic in those international spaces, which I thought was really fun. Um, I also had conversations with classmates about leadership in other countries. Some were from other countries and some were just studying leadership in other countries. And one of my classmates, uh, Dr. Kelly Suriallo, will join us this season based on some conversations that we'd had. So we bonded on the first day of our doc program because we were both Jersey girls and we were both teaching leadership classes. So we instantly hit it off and she's going to join us this season. She started out when we met, she was in New York. She's now based in France, but she's been running an interdisciplinary international study abroad program for undergraduate students focused on youth leadership and sustainability service learning programs at UNESCO sites in Italy and South Africa. And she's been doing that for about seven or eight years. And her and her partner, Dr. Eric Holmland, will join us to talk about their student-focused curriculum. So that's one conversation I'm really excited for. You know, I'm just over the moon with with who in our networks and, and through some just snowball sampling or just like, <laughs> Hey, you should talk to this person or, Hey, you know, we, you know, when we shared with our network that this was kind of our vision for, for this fall season, um, folks were just so generous with, well, you should meet this person or have you connected with this person? Or have you had this one person on the podcast? I mean, you know, so far we've, we've been able to, to record our, uh, our first, our first guest this, this season, since Sherry, who will be our first episode after this one, um, who is president and CEO of the international leadership association and uh and she was suggesting some folks too that we need to reach out to and so our next couple months are absolutely packed with with scheduled interviews and uh, we just can't wait to to share the depth of knowledge that our guests are going to drop on us this season those who have been listeners for a long time are going to notice that we're going to switch up our posting days so in the past we've posted earlier in the week but this week this season you'll get a fresh episode every wednesday morning so get through your mondays and sail through your tuesdays so that you can start your wednesdays with us. Oh my goodness, Lauren. You're bringing it, bringing on the corniness, bringing on the corniness. <laughs> Why? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> so, so we are super excited about, about this season. Um, and that wraps up our intro to our season five uh, episode of the leadership educator podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and best of luck with your semesters. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Leadership Educator Podcast. Remember, you can download all our episodes on all available podcast platforms. And when you go, please make sure you rate us five stars, as the more you rate us, the easier it is for others to find us. That's right, Lauren. We also invite you to interact with us on Twitter at Lead Educator Pod. That's L-E-A-D-E-D-U-C-A-T-O-R-P-O-D. And on LinkedIn by searching for the Leadership Educator Podcast. You can also follow us on LinkedIn by name 
And on Twitter, I'm at Dr. Underscore Leadership. And Lauren is at M-R-S-L-A-U-R-J-B. That's Miss Laura J-B. We'd like to thank the James M. Cox Jr. Institute for Journalism Innovation, Management, and Leadership within the Grady College of Journalism and Mass Communication at the University of Georgia. The support was facilitated by Dr. Keith Herndon, William S. Morris Chair in News Strategy and Management. And a wonderful theme music was composed, performed, and mixed by Dr. Matthew White, trumpeter, composer, and associate professor and chair of jazz studies now at the University of South Carolina. You can check him out at www.mattwhitejazz.com. Matt, thank you so much for sharing your musical genius with our listeners. During the season, you will hear episodes featuring International Leadership Association members working globally to drive leadership education. Visit ilaglobalnetwork.org slash podcast for more information and to join the association. And finally, this podcast would not be possible without our chief partner, the Association of Leadership Educators. Please check out the ALE and all it has to offer at leadershipeducators.org. We hope you will listen to our next episode wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.